All right, Grant, good to see everybody here tonight. <clears throat> People scattered around a little bit. Don't seem exactly right for Tom and Nancy to be on the back row, but I guess we'll just let them sit there. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to call attention to you or nothing. <laughs> but uh, if you got your Bibles tonight, we want to go to Hebrews, and you need your, you need your Bible, you need your Bible, you need to have it with you. Hebrews chapter 13 is where we'll be there in just a, just a few minutes. But I do want to run through these real quick, our, uh, our announcements. <clears throat> we have a, the, our marriage conference that will be coming up on Friday and Saturday. This will be September 19th and 20th. Uh, what did you expect by Paul Tripp? Already touched into that some. Know that, it's a, that it is a, a good material. And you can get the information here. There's a $20 per couple. And you will, they will be, uh, I think they'll be catering or will be feeding you anyway uh, in, at some time in the, the weekend there. So uh, just, just check this out, and uh, we just uh, encourage couples, if you can. I think there's child care. Yep, right. There is child care, so that, that's not an excuse. So we hope to have a, a, a lot of folk there for that. Bethlehem Live, which the city of McLennan will be doing, and I guess they'll be doing it at the, uh, the park thing, whatever they call that. I forget what it's called. But anyway, uh, and if uh, you want to be a part of that, uh, just uh, let us know at the office. Is there a sign-up sheet if you want to be a part of it? We, we may man a, man a booth there and run it, so uh, uh, we just need you to get, get on top of that. Our men's prayer group won't be meeting this week because of Labor Day weekend. <clears throat> also, we'll have a visitation kickoff, which will be September the 9th on a Tuesday evening at 6.30. Our buddy breaks will start again in September, and uh, fall festival, it'll be here for you, know, but just keep that in mind, October the 18th, be praying for that, that the Lord bless. A lot of folk, a lot of folk come through, gives us an opportunity to uh, show the love of Jesus Christ, you know, to people that uh, may not come to church very often, so uh, just pray for these in our care center and the needs for clothes, uh, just kind of beat that drum anywhere you go, you know, that, uh, that we can, we need especially men and children's clothes at the care center. All right, <clears throat> I kind of—I'll go ahead and apologize a little bit. That I'm, my throat is really skint and scratchy and all that kind of stuff. I feel like I got that little cold feeling type thing, you know. And so if it gets, starts getting me trouble and I cough and all that, just just bear with me. Hopefully that won't happen. But if you if you got uh, <laughs> Hebrews thirteen, let's stand in honor of reading God's word. I'm gonna just read two verses there, verses five and six, verses five and six. <clears throat> it says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Amen? Big words. Big words. Father God, we just ask you right now. Just grip our hearts. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. I know that I need you. I know that I just cry out for you to get rid of me, take control. Use me, Holy Spirit, as an instrument in your hands to preach the truth by the Spirit, 
in honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you. Thank you for loving us. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> in um, Hebrews, over in, I mean Hebrews, Starting out crazy, start with. In Ephesians chapter 5, you can go in there and read uh, what Paul has to say about marriage. And, uh, and, and he compares it, you know, with, with Christ and the church. That a marriage is like uh, Christ and his church. Christ is the head, as the husband, the bride, and the church is his bride. Now the bride, the, the bride, what is the, the church? What is the church? That's us. That's just believers. That's, that's, that's people. That's, that's, that's true born-again believers. And I, folks, I just, I just say that, you know, I, and that's up to you. If you are and you're not, whatever, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know, you know. And, I, and I, that always, you know, when I say that, so I, I know there's a lot of folks that may, that may think that they're saved. And I think that that's probably prevalent in churches, that there's a lot of folks that uh, think that they are and, and, and they place themselves. But I just, I, just, I just say, just know that you're a part of the body of Christ. You know, just nail that down for yourself. I mean, it's, I, there's just, I, 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 to me, again, I allude to what them boys said when they were here with Teen Challenge. You hear his voice, you never forget it. You know it. You know it. You know it without a doubt. But as I, as I looked at that, I'm talking about marriage, which was a husband and wife, as compared to the relationship of Christ and his church, which is his bride, which is made up of true believers in Christ. But the one thing there, it was he, he spoke on, and he spoke to husbands often, that you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now, how many of y'all understand that Christ loved the church? Amen? How many of y'all can get a little bit excited about the fact that you're part of that church? Wow. That was, a, that was kind of poor, but still. Aren't you glad to be a part of that church that he loves the way he's laid it out there in, a, in Ephesians? He said, you, you know, you love your husband, love your wife. I tell you what. Wives would be tickled and marriages would do a whole lot better if husbands would do like Christ told them to do in chapter 5 there of Ephesians. Y'all believe that? Amen? Amen? Y'all believe that? Right. It's, it, it is, it's selfless. It's unconditional, sacrificial love. Well, it is. And Jesus modeled it. He did it for the church. He did it for us. What did he do for me? He laid down his life for me. He said, husband, lay your life down for your wife. Right, that sort of stuff. Because see, he, he proved how much he loved me. I know, I know that Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And he tells me of a, a man who loved me so much that he went to a cross and took terrible pain because he loved me. Wow, let's, let's don't, ever, don't ever get over just the simple gospel that Jesus loved me and he died for me. <clears throat> 
But then also, I, I wrote here, it's, it, it, it talks about how unconditional love makes it, makes it special and successful. It's love. That's, that's, that, that's an unconditional, sacrificial love. Then I just, I'm, and I, as I get into this, I just wanted to kind of touch base here with this. But true believers, just the children of God, the church, need never fear. You need never fear abandonment. That's good to know. That's good to know. No matter what you've done, he won't leave you. How about that? Is that good to know? How many little child, little children tonight will go to sleep because the daddy left them? You don't ever have to worry about that as a child of God. Amen? He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave you. And I guess the reason I got to looking at this and thinking about this is I run across a little piece of uh, a video of Jimmy Swagger. Y'all remember, I mean, any of y'all that's my age, y'all remember Jimmy Swagger. And I used to love to listen to him preach, good preacher. But you also know the terrible fall that he took because of the sin that he allowed to be in his life. He's an old man now. But he's talking about it. And he was singing a song called Through It All. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all. And he began to talk. And he talked about what sin will do to you and where it will take you. And what it'll cost you. But he looked straight up and he said, But I want to tell you one thing. Jesus won't ever leave you. How do you reckon? Do you reckon that felt pretty good to Jim Swagger? Jesus won't leave. You may fall, you may sin, but Jesus ain't leaving. My goodness, somebody just say amen. Just, just do it for my sake. Great time of day. I'm telling you, think about that. I'm not going to be like that little child that wakes up tomorrow, that five-year-old that wakes up and his mama's telling him, your daddy's not here. Your daddy's not here anymore. He's gone. Amen? This just, I don't know, it just, this kind of gripped my heart, you know, because I, boys, I'm telling you, it's, it, our, 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 our society and our culture is a mess. It just is. Our families are hurting, and it's just, it's, it's, just, it's just a mess. But as I got to thinking about that, and I, and I titled this, he, he, he Won't Leave You. He Won't Leave You. And so I want to look at that as I've read these here two verses and just kind of work our way through it. But... <clears throat> So I looked at it as I, as I set this up and as, as a marriage and, and that sort of thing, a family of God. We, we, we look at our own selves and our, our families and a husband and a wife and our children, our family. And, uh, <clears throat> and as I've talked about this here, abandonment and just leaving kind of stuff. And I don't know, there's probably people, I, 
I know, I know, I know divorce has touched my life. Is anybody else in here that divorce has touched your life? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's been, uh, I mean, and that, that it just it, gra- it, it grabs my heart, and it, and I'm telling you, it's for the because of the children. I believe God's commanded a man to act like him, a Christian man. And a Christian man ought not to walk off and leave his family. Okay? I, I, y'all may this way wind me up. This one may get me. That's all right. I will go down preaching what I believe is the gospel truth that would help all of us if we live by it and save a many a tear in a little young'un's eye. Are y'all with me tonight? <clears throat> so all, uh, so uh, when we think about this, I'm 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 I'm, I'm thankful to the, that I'm not as a Christian. I'm never going to have to worry about that. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to abandon me. But I look at the the reasons or excuses that are given why. Father may abandon, or even mother sometimes, whatever, abandon their families and leave their families and divorce and just that sort of thing. And I, I've been looking at a lot, a lot of stuff about that. I really, you know, I don't have time to get into some of it. But anyway, I want to look at three things, three reasons, three excuses that uh, are given a lot of times when you, and here's, here's, here's number, number, here's the first one. Anyway, I don't know that it's number one, but it's the first one I wrote down. There's a reason that you may find, you know, <clears throat> is that uh, a husband would tell a wife, I don't love you anymore. I don't love you anymore. Does that, does that hurt? Would that hurt you? Would that hurt you? I don't love you anymore. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 31, 3. Listen to it. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. And everybody said, Aren't you glad? He loves. What kind of love? Hey, hey, listen. You'll never hear Jesus tell you, Michael, I don't love you anymore. Are you with me? I don't love you anymore. Well, really? And I, and, and, and I guess it's all about you, huh? What about sacrificial love? What about unconditional love? I've loved you with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. You belong to me. You're my bride if you're a part of this body of believers. You are a child of the king. You're a child of the father. You belong to him. And you don't have to worry. He'll never leave you. And listen to this in John 13, 1. Gospel of John 13, 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, 
this was at the Last Supper there, that he, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. He knew it was time that he was fixing to be crucified. Having loved his own. Woo! I'm one of his own. How about y'all? I'm one of his own. Hey, he's loved his own. I'm, I'm, one, I'm one of them. I, that is the, the reason it's important. You know that. You ain't got a doubt. You ain't got to wonder, well, this is what somebody told me. I know without a doubt I am one of his own. I'm not going to leave that to mama to tell me the answer to it. She loves me and she'll liable to lead me astray hoping that I am. But it's best that I know that I am. Are y'all with me? I'm one of his own. He says, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them how long? To the end. There didn't come a time when he looked at them and said, I don't love you anymore. Man, we, I tell you what, this Bible would just, whoo, but if, if, if people would just decide I'm just going to live by this. I tell you, especially, especially a young couple starting out, if they say I'm going to do that right there. I'm going to do it. I'm coming into this with that in my mind. By the grace of God, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to trust Him. And if you're one of His own, I believe you've got the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. You've got the power to live it if you want to live it. You've got the power to live it. Not on your own. But if you belong to Him, you've got the power of the Spirit of God. <clears throat> and I can't leave that without turning over to uh, Romans chapter 8. Just got to read it. And then we'll move on. But I want this to touch you. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse 35. You know it well. You've heard it. Let's just read it. Don't hurt to hear it again. How many of y'all like, how many, how many of y'all like to be told when you get married, you know, that, 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 you know, I love you, but, and, you know, if anything ever changed, well, I'll let you know. So I don't, I don't need to have to keep saying I love you. You know, we just go ahead and write that down. Now, I, I love you, man, like a hog glove slob, and if that changes, that changes. I'll let you know, but just don't, you know, I don't need to keep saying it every day. How many of y'all like to be told that somebody, that you're loved? More than once? Well, certainly. Well, certainly. Verse 35, Romans 8, Who shall separate us from the what? Love of Christ. He ain't, he ain't going nowhere. And ain't nothing going to separate me from it. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. The one that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities or powers or things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. And he ain't going nowhere. He loves me and it's going to stay that way. Hey, hey, do you know what else too? He lets you know every morning. He'll tell you again. You get in his word and talk with him and listen to him. You'll hear him tell you again, I love you. I love you today. When I show up in the morning, when I get with him, I love you. That's the way he operates. That's real love. That's the kind that is successful. 
Mm. Wow, that's good. So, that day ain't going to happen when, for whatever reason, Jesus just comes up and says, well, you know, I, I, I just, I don't love you anymore. That's crazy to even think about, isn't it? God help men to act like Jesus, huh? Help husbands act like Jesus. Hmm. And women too. A lot of times out there will fall more on the woman's side. Well, I just don't love you. You know? You got bad as a hog, you was skinny. You know, I just don't love him. I just don't love him no more, you know. I just can't hardly I can't even reach around him anymore. I mean, it takes me two or three days to love all of him, you know. I just don't love him anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to hold my belly in. Jesus loves us, though, don't he? And we ain't got to worry about him not ever loving us. He's loved us with the everlasting love. And Elizabeth Elliot says, underneath it are the everlasting arms. He's got me. Wow, that's good. That's enough for us to just break loose and go to praising God right here. He's got me. He's got me. He loves me. He ain't, he ain't leaving. Folks, you're looking at a man that's got it made. That's all I can tell you. I don't care what comes my way. You're looking at a man that's got it made. The second thing, reason, excuse sometimes, I just wrote that I've been hurt too badly. You know, over in uh, Corinthians, first, uh, fifth, uh, 13th, uh, first Corinthians 13, about five or six, it talks about, and, it's, and that's the love chapter. But it talks about love, and one of the things that it says is that, that it doesn't do is keep a record of wrongs. Did y'all know that that was in the Bible? It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Yeah, but he hurt, uh, uh, yeah, I know he wronged you. She wronged you. Didn't do you good at all. Boy, you deserve a lot better than that. No. Love doesn't keep a record wrong. That's powerful stuff. That's tough, isn't it? That's tough. <clears throat> I've been hurt too badly. In other words, you know what you're saying? I can't forgive them. I can't forgive I just can't forgive them. I can't live. I just can't live with them. I just, it's just rehearsing it over and over in my mind what they've done to me and how bad it is. The power of God can overcome that, folks. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But that's, you know, there's been people that's made mistakes in their life and in their marriage, amen? And give people a, give people a good excuse and right to walk off if they wanted to. But how about the person says, yeah, I know I can walk, I, I know I have, I have a right to walk off, but I ain't, I'm staying. I'm staying right here. I'm staying, not only am I staying, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to love her. I'm going to take care of my family and I'm going to act like God because I ain't abandoning them. Amen? That's, that's tough. That's, I don't know. I just think it's true. I think it's true. 
Matthew 5, 44, uh, Nathaniel's been in there right here, and I'm going to get right in there where he was last week, and he, he, run, he run through this. And basically what Nathaniel was doing was saying, Jesus is going through all of these things, showing you do that it is some kind of difficult to keep the law perfectly. As a matter of fact, you can't do it. You can't keep it, you can't keep it perfectly. You'll do something. But uh, Matthew 5, 44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That is tough. I mean, that's tough. I mean, I, I, I'd be the first to say, I, I'd be right there with them and say, My goodness, man, I'm in trouble. I can't keep the law. I, can't, I mean, I can't, can't do that. I mean, that's, that's hard. I have failed miserably at that. If he was preaching, I said, yeah, hey, man, I have failed at that. But also, Nathaniel told us, though, what he, was, what he did say, and the last thing he read, I believe, was that, that he came not to destroy the law, but to what? Fulfill it. He can. I can. He can. <laughs> hey, but I belong to him. Oh, boys, I'm telling you, it's just good when you just think about it. I can't, I can't, but he can. He has. And you know what? He had to prove it. Yes, he did. You know, there's one thing I hate is somebody get up and just teach you and tell you what you ought to be doing, and he ain't doing it himself. You know, and if I'm like that, y'all just send me down the road, you know, and you, you know, y'all may say, well, just go ahead and get your suitcase ready because you can fix and leave. But Jesus wasn't one of those. He preached hard. He preached truth. He preached impossibility. But he said, I'm going to fulfill it. Luke, Luke chapter 23. Then said Jesus, they just laid him on the cross. They have just drove spikes through his hands, through his feet. They have just snatched his clothes off of him to gamble for him, left him laying there naked to stand him up on a cross, die a cruel, cruel death. And then it said, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. He was going to have to do what he said. Hey, would you, would you say that those, those people were his enemies? Would you think? What did he say do to your enemies? He said, I'm going to show you. I'm going to fool. I'm, folks, I'm telling you what, I'll tear out here running directly because I'm just so thankful that he fulfilled the law. Because ain't nobody else. But he did. He fulfilled the law. He took care of what I couldn't do to take care of. But he's also left his word telling me, I'm, I'm your example. No, you, you, fall. you may fall, but you can love. And you can love people the way that I love people. So he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment, and they cast lots. So it's good to know. Think about it. No matter what we've done against him, he loves you. He forgives you. And he won't leave you. Amen? How many of us possibly even today has hurt him in some way? What about sometime 
They use his name in vain or something. Or just say terrible things or do, do things. Things that you just just grip you as a, as a believer because of your love for him. And you see your own failure. And it, it's so unpleasant. How bad, you know, how badly could, must Jimmy Swaggart have felt? He let the Lord down right big in the eyes of a lot of folks. He's truly a child of God. I'm, I guarantee you it hurt him. How many of y'all would it hurt you today to do something like that and it to be on the front page of the press of what you've done? Amen? But did you know that the Lord forgive you? And that he loves you? And he ain't going to leave you. You ain't going to do nothing so bad. He's going to say, you, you, you've hurt me too bad. Amen? Aren't you glad? So then listen, 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 listen. Try to live that. Hey, what, this might, this I probably should just keep this for a wedding. I would get to Maynard. I would. I'd give them the truth till they tomatoed me. And I, I believe this honestly. I do. I believe it. I'm, because I'm thankful. Oh, we can all relate to the fact how thankful I am that he, lo- he loves me and he always will love me and there's not going to be a time that he says he don't love me. And it doesn't matter how bad a young and I am. I've got three young ones. One of them has been in trouble. But I can tell you right now, I ain't never looked him in the face and said, I don't love you. No. To say, I, I could shoot you, <laughs> but I love you. I got two more children that they look like model, model folks, you know, and they, 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 no, no major problems there, and they look good, but I don't know if they're any better than the other. I mean, that's between them and the Lord and, and, and all, but I love them. I love them, and they're, they're my children, and if one of them, I mean, does something, I mean, that, my oldest one has hurt me. I can, hey, amen, I can tell you right now, he's hurt me. But I sure ain't told him that I, I didn't love him in no way. I loved him. I loved him. I might, you, you, you know, you may have to let him do like the Lord did Jonah. You had to let him hit bottom, but it's because he loves you. So to love him. Amen? That's good. I'm thankful. Man, because I, I I've been, I've, I've crawled up to the Lord. So ashamed of myself. <laughs> he said, I love you. Wow. <clears throat> Third thing. I think that's it. Never going to hurt him too bad. And then the, <clears throat> the third thing that I put down here, and this is just stuff that I was just sitting thinking. I just wrote it down, but, you know, it's just life is too tough. It's just, it's just too much, too much. I can't, I can't take any more. I, I got to get out. 
I can't, I just. <clears throat> I wrote down, listen. Jesus won't desert you in the heat of battle. Whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you're fighting with, whatever you're struggling with, whatever's coming at you in this life, he's there. Because he said, verse 6, So I say, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. How many of y'all understand the meaning of never? Anyone? That means it's not going to happen. Not to the people who love him. Not to his children. Now, he, may, he may reprimand you and chastise you and give wear your fanny out. But he'll love you. And he always will. And he'll always be there. That's my God. Aren't you glad you could know him? Hmm. Sometimes life just gets tough. And I've been, man, I've been, shoot. That happens a lot of times. You just, you know. And I, and I think there's, Ladies sometimes struggle with that. It's just the pressures of life and children and raising children and paying all everything, you know. And a, maybe a maybe a man that really ain't a model husband or whatever. But it's just more and it you know that sort of thing. <clears throat> but Jesus, Jesus won't do that. In the heat of battle, he'd be there. And aren't you glad that whenever things get tough, that he's there, that he's there. I will. Uh, I will tell this, you know, I, I guess I can. Just uh, just don't tell Wayne and Kathy that I told this story. <laughs> I, uh, in high school when I was a senior, we played, uh, no, I was a junior, I was a junior that year. We played, uh, we played football over at Fernandina, and we had played the football game, and it was, it was over, and, uh, we were in the, in the locker room getting, getting our pads off and all. And I, I just remember being there, and I'd sit down. I'd taken the pads off and had them on the floor, and I was trying to get my old cleats of shoes off and stuff. And I'm sitting on that bench, you know, and I looked up, and then here come a fella busted into the locker room, bloody all over. I said, my goodness, sakes alive. Well, it was Brother Wayne Rude. Don't tell him I told this. But honestly, I mean, Johnny alluded to it here several months ago about the fact that we had a deacon that he used to fight a lot. He was into all kind of stuff. He fought a lot, you know, but finally the Lord, he found the Lord, and the Lord was bigger than he was and whipped him, amen, and saved his soul. And I thank God for that. But all, the thing I remember was that he come in there and he was... I don't know why he was trying to hide from the coach. I mean, he can't hide from somebody like him. And he was busted across the head right here, and he was just bloody all over. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, we got talking. He went telling us what all happened. He, and they, he had been that, got down in down, downtown somewhere there when Ferndina and in football games. And you know, there was a, the, the blacks had ganged up, and he had followed them. And they had y'all jawing back and two, and he had went right on with them. But he had two or three guys. Had two or three guys with him, and they all took after they was all going straighten that bunch out. You know, well they finally got out there, and anyway they went to fighting. Well, it didn't take too long before the before the ones that was with Wayne decided they wanted to go back to the ball game. 
And they more or less left Wayne there by them. <laughs> and they did tear him up, man. They just busted him up good, you know. But evidently, he was able to get away. And uh, God won't ever leave you in the heat of battle. He's not going to run whenever it gets tough and you think, I ain't going to make it. I need to. And you look around for some help. He'll be there. Isn't that good? He'll be there. He's not going to leave. Never forsake. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage and fear not, <clears throat> nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, it is he that goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Don't have to worry. Folks, there may be some tough things come our way. Lord, this life's over with. And especially for our children, grandchildren. But listen to Isaiah 41, or 43. Isaiah 43. But now saith the Lord, the God that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Gosh, mercy. There it is again. I'm one of his own. I belong to him. I belong to him. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, whenever it gets hot, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I'll be with you. Think about the story of the Hebrew children. They were in the fire. Where was the Lord? He's in the fire with them. They didn't go there by themselves. He said, when you go there, when you, hey folks, when you come to the end of life, you know who's going to be there when no one else can be? The one that said, I ain't going to never leave you. That's good. How many, I, well, how many of y'all are going to sleep better tonight just hearing this? I just good. Just good. <clears throat> and by the way, I mentioned this too. When I was teaching our Sunday school class, it got up and walked out on me on the first morning, by the way. But I talked about the fire furnace and uh, the song where the little boy asked his mama, said, well, you know, the, they threw the Hebrew children in the fire, you know, and the, the, he saw four of them and said, the only three of them come out. So what happened to the fourth man? And the mama said, he's still in the fire. And when you go there, he'll be there. Amen? Amen. That's what he promised. Psalm 56, listen to this one. In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid of what man can do to me. <clears throat> That's where we read verse 6 over in Hebrews. The vows are, thy vows are upon me, O God, O God. I will render praises unto thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Thou wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. He'll be there. Whenever you think you can't go to more, he'll be, he'll be there. Now I say that. <clears throat> And tonight what I want to do, and the way I'm going to close out here tonight, this has been on my heart tonight. Uh, but I think about this, and we, as we look at this, and, and, and know without a doubt that God is, is with us. God loves us, and that he'll never leave us. But I want to tell you something. Tony, you can come right on up and just go ahead and start playing. <clears throat> but what I want to tell you, Is there's more Christians than just what's right here at Rayford Road. 
And there's Christians in places that are struggling and hurting and suffering right now at this very hour. And they need to know that Jesus hasn't left them. It may look like it. Amen? They are our brothers and sisters in Christ. They may not look like us. They don't even speak our language. They're a body of believers. They're a part of the body of Christ. And I know that you, and I know you've seen the same pictures I've seen on TV of little children and heard the stories of them being cut in half. You know why? Because they're a Christian. And their families are Christians. And God told us we'd go through tough times. In this world, we could have tribulation and be persecuted. And they say, he said, Jesus said that the world had hate, hate, hates me and it will hate you. That's what that's what said. Listen to me now. A lot of times, I, you know, I don't, I don't fully, and I don't want to get too deep, but I do know that there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of concern about that particular thing here in this country. Our leaders don't really, they know it. They know that's happened. They know they've been people slaughtered because they're Christians. The sad truth is, is most likely most of the people in this country kind of in their minds would feel like we'd probably all be better off if we'd get rid of them. Okay? Then they wouldn't be, then they wouldn't be, then we wouldn't have to be listening about abortion and that you ought not to be a killing babies. You know, so it, you know, it's just, it's, it's all, it's all truth of God's word, but God is still in control. God is still in control. But tonight as I went through this and I read this and I got to this end here, I just wrote down that, you know, there, there, there's those that's walking through fire tonight who need to have their feet delivered from falling, laying under a tent and a sun they've been run out of their homes because they refused to back away from their Christianity. Wow. And they need to be delivered from falling so that they can walk before God in the light of the living and be a witness. They've touched my heart. So tonight, what I want to do, I'm thankful. I ain't got a Lord. I, I got a Heavenly Father that ain't going to never walk out on me. But he, he ain't walked out on them either. So they probably need somebody praying for him to help them understand and know that he's still there. Even when your mama's heart's broke because she watched what happened. Can't imagine that, can y'all? But it's happening right now. Shame on Christian people that won't pray for him. I mean that won't just stop and say, I'm going to make it a priority to pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. We'll be in heaven with them folks one day. Is that right? So as I close tonight, I just opened the altar. I just asked you, if you want to pray for Christians in Iraq, I would suggest come to the altar. We'll close our service here tonight. If you're here tonight, and you don't know Jesus, and you don't know that you're one of his own, 
you just you come let me know. I mean, I won't give a, an altar call right here. But tonight the altar call is for those people. Don't they deserve our prayers? What if you were there? God can do anything, folks. He can turn this around for them. And I know, thank God, even though them that suffered and gave their life, he was in the fire, and he's still there with them today. And, they're, they're, and he's taking care of his. Amen? But I pray for deliverance for them people, that they can get some relief from where they're in, the situation they're in. I don't understand all of it, don't know a whole, all, all about it, but I do know that there's believers that need our prayer tonight. The altar's open. Let's come. Let's pray and lift up these Iraq Christians. And I know there's more across, but these are the ones that I know is there. Oh, man.